Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, greetings, everybody. This is Eric Williams. I wanted to thank you all for joining me today. Um, I'm going to start doing some teaching. I love, I've always wanted to do radio, so uh, this is my first little venture out into doing one of my dreams. So uh, we're going to be doing this regularly. This is going to be a, um, a lot of just dumping of what the Lord has deposited in me and to others. So um, I pray that this be a blessing to whoever listens. But we're going to go ahead and get started today. Uh, we're going to be talking in this series, dealing with what is the purpose of man? What is the purpose of man? Um, understanding who we are and why we are uh, the way that we are. Um, so f- first off, let me ask you this question. Why did God make man? Why did God make man? I believe the simplest answer um, that can be given is that God wanted sons in the earth. He had a son in eternity, but he did not have sons in the earth. So when he created all the creation, uh, he, he wanted to be able to have sons present, a son present in heaven and a son present on earth. So you know that Adam was the son of God. If you turn to um, Mark chapter, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 3, Luke chapter 3, the very last couple of verses is actually the the genealogy of of Jesus Christ. Um, The last, we'll start at verse number 37. It's a lot of reading there. Uh, It says, the son son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jerod, the son of uh, Mahalalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. So you see, when God created Adam, Adam was intended originally to be a son of God. Now, as a son, he had responsibilities in the earth. Um, His responsibility was to be a steward over the creation of God. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it, to dress it and to keep it. Now, note, it does not say that Adam was made outside of Eden. It simply states that he was made outside of the garden and was placed in the garden. That's a very important truth uh, because Eden means pleasure. So God placed, made Adam in his pleasure but positioned him in a particular place in his pleasure. When God makes us, he makes it, it we are we, he made us for his pleasure made us from his pleasure as a matter of fact so god allowed us to be born but then he strategically places us in a particular place where he wants us to to show forth influence in the earth as his son so you're on your job not with the purpose of just merely going to a job or uh just because of this or just because of that you're a part of your family 
you're part of uh, your friend circle, the, the ministry that you're connected to, not merely because um, uh, God wants you to have a good time or he wants you to make money. He has you there because of his purpose. He's placed you there strategically to be a vessel that carries his purpose that he can have pleasure in. This is why God, when he's speaking concerning Jesus, when the Father spoke from heaven, he says, this is my son whom I am well pleased. Jesus submitted to being positioned where the Father desired for him to be positioned at, and as a result, that, that submission rendered uh, or yielded, rather, the, 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 the approval and the pleasure of God. You see, your assignment is directly connected to you being in position. In the garden, Adam was given two responsibilities. His responsibilities were to dress it and to keep it, to dress it and to keep it. In the garden, the responsibility to plant was not Adam's. That was God's responsibility. God planted the garden. It was going to be Adam's responsibility to um, to, to dress it and to keep it. Everything outside of the garden was wilderness. Everything outside of the garden would need to be planted because the Bible says uh, that there was no man to till the ground yet. So there was ground outside of the garden that needed to be tended to and toiled upon. But as far as the garden was concerned, God's original intent and purpose for Adam was that he was to tend and to uh, uh, dress the garden. But even in his desire uh, uh, to, to, to bless man and to provide man with this wonderful environment that he's already done everything in, he still gave man parameters. He, he, said, he said, you can eat of this tree, but don't eat of this one. He says, he set limitations. God has set limitations in our lives, not, to, not in order to um, keep us from something, keep us, keep us from, to keep, not to keep us from uh, uh, something just because he doesn't want us to have it. He keeps us from things in our life oftentimes because of the fact that he doesn't want us to lose what we have. He's given us so much as his children, he, to Adam in particular in this situation that we're talking about, that he didn't want Adam to lose what he had given him. He wanted him to remain in his pleasure. So it's in the, it's in the, the desire to keep us in his pleasure that God has set parameters. What are the parameters of our lives? What are the limits that God has placed in us, uh, placed around us, to keep us from moving beyond the place that the, the, the things that He desires for us to have? He left man with choices. He left Adam with, with, with choices. You can listen and obey and remain in the garden of His pleasure, or you can ignore and disobey and be kicked out of His pleasure. God always intended that we were to remain. In his pleasure. I know a lot of religious pre people, um, they, they try to push this 
connotation that that God is this this mean and and cruel taskmaster that wants to just bully you, uh, but that's not the truth. God is God desires us to be with Him. He desires that we that He wants to give us the kingdom. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it is the Father's um, good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He desires for us to be partakers of this this wonderful pleasure that he's entrusted unto man. But because of our choices, we have allowed ourselves to to be separated and disconnected from the very thing that God desires for us to uh to occupy. If if uh if he if Adam was kicked out of the garden, he will no longer be able to tend or to keep the perfect perfect provision of the pleasure of paradise. Adam, once kicked out of the garden, was now disconnected from his purpose. So now he's going to always be seeking his purpose because now he's out of position. This is why every human being on the planet, at some point in juncture in their life, begins to seek out their purpose because they've been, because we've been uh, 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 out of position or, or, or kicked out of the position of pleasure. So now we're having to go seeking after different things. We, we seek after, after this, we seek after that. Some have tried to seek after money or, or fame or, or sex, drugs, whatever it may be. A lot of it boils down to the fact that we, we've lost our position, therefore losing our purpose. We're disconnected from the purpose. You see, everything outside the garden required tilling and toiling. We're not supposed to be tillers and toilers. We were always intended to be a people who uh, um, tended to and, and kept what God had already done. You see, Adam, before the fall, he was trying. He he, he didn't he didn't have to work for uh, the blessing. He was working from the blessing. He didn't have to work to receive from God. He worked from. He he was he he lived from what he had already received from God. You see, in grace, we lived from. The blessing. We're not toiling for the blessing. We tend to the blessing. We don't toil for the blessing. If you look in, if you look at the story of 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 uh, Cain when Cain slew Abel, this explains the reason why Cain slew Abel, because Cain was one who toiled in the field, whereas Abel was one who tended to the sheep. Cain was one who toiled in the field, where Abel was one who tended to the sheep. Let me show you that. When you tend, you actually tend by faith. But when you toil, you toil based on works. You tend based on the faith of what God has already done, but when you toil, you are one who who. who who seeks to do it based on their works, on their effort. 
So Abel's offering was based on his faith, where Cain's offering was based on his works. This is huge. Like, if you understand that, it really opens the word of God up to you. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse number one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by, the, by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice, sacrifice than Cain. You see, the... Cain's offering was based on his works. It was based on him trying to accomplish something, whereas Abel just tended to what God had already done. Abel couldn't do anything to make, make more sheep. That was God's doing. Abel was tending to what God had already provided. And because of his doing that, he was his heart was based on thanks, whereas Abel or Cain's was based on uh, uh, I did this, I did that. You see, you see, do you see that? And because of such, God hated Cain, but He loved Abel. That's a whole other teaching. That is a great teaching on understanding um, grace and works. We're going to be doing that series on Galatians. Uh, chapters three through five. I encourage you to just read it. Don't 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 get all deep into that one. That, don't get that one is just a true um, uh, uh, true depth of of understanding of grace. So we're going to be talking about that. But I want to go back to uh, uh, Genesis chapter fifteen. There's a very important phrase there. Uh, two uh, chapter two verse fifteen that I want to talk about really quickly. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, we've talked about dressing it and keep, keeping it. But the, there's a particular word here in the Hebrew that I think is very important. The word is yanak, yanak. And here it's translated put him, put him. So when, God, when it says, and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it, he knocked him in the, into the garden to dress it and to keep it. Now, the word yanak, that's Y-A-N-A-C-H, yanak, literally means to rest, to settle down, to cause to rest, and to give rest to. Let me say that again. It means to rest, to settle down, to cause to, to rest, and to give rest to. God's in, when God placed Adam in the garden, he rested him in Eden. He rested him in Eden. So why did God rest Adam if he had never worked? You see, in our understanding, when we think of rest, that means you stop doing something and, and you obtain and you take a break. But when God talks about giving rest, it's not about taking a break in time so that you can rest up. 
which is what uh, it, it, it temporarily was in the Old Testament. We're going to talk about that. But the rest that God gave to Adam was actually a rest that was based on um, the understanding that this is an eternal dimension of existence. When God rested Adam, he was positioning, positioning him eternally in the finished works of God. God's rest in, in, uh, in, in pleasure was meant to be an eternal reliance, an eternal dimension of existence for Adam, not a temporary uh, um, uh, a break in time. When, when we say I'm about to take a rest, in our understanding, that means I'm going to stop doing something and, 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 and just not do anything. That's a temporary rest. And this is one of the problems that a lot of uh, religion, for example, like Seventh-day Adventists, um, they teach that uh, we have to have the Sabbath day, which is what they use as Saturday according with the uh, Hebraic and the Jewish understanding, they use that and say, well, you got to do church on Saturday. Um, and that's a, I mean, it, it, it was true. That was a truth, but is it the truth? No. I'm going to show you why. If you go to, let's go to Hebrews chapter, um, chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I'm going to show you what this eternal rest means. Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to start. We're going to be doing a little bit of reading in this one. Hebrews chapter 4. I'm going to read 11 verses, so bear with me. Um, Starting to verse number 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in, in, this way, in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from his works, and again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day saying, uh, in David, today, after such a long time as it has been said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterwards have spoken another day. There remains therefore rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself ceased from the works as God did from his. This is important has ceased from his works as, it, uh, as, did, as God did from his. 
This, in my opinion, is one of the most important and least understood revelations and truths Christ has delivered to us as the sons of God. We are the sons of God. This whole series, we're going to be breaking that down. I'm just going into this and just having fun with it today, but we're going to really help you. I really want to be a blessing and help you understand um, the what it means to be the sons of God and why this is so important. We're going to be breaking down the order of Melchizedek. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the truth of the word of God concerning uh, the, the order of Melchizedek. Uh, but this, like I said, I believe is one of the most important truths that we have missed out on. As I stated earlier, Adam was not. He was rested in, in the garden. This was accomplished on the sixth day, and God and Adam entered into the seventh day together. This is important. When Adam was created, he was created in the sixth day, but then he entered into the seventh day with God, and God ceased to work anymore. Now, God is no longer working. He no longer had anything else to do because everything he needed to have done was accomplished. Watch this. So was there an eighth day? No. Once Adam entered into the seventh day, that was the only day that Adam was meant to have. He was, you have to understand, Adam was tapping into the eternal dimension of God's rest. Because he, was, he had entered from the sixth day into the seventh day, he was now in a place of completeness. Seven is another number of completion. How was such access given to this being named Adam that he could enter into the rest of God and be called the son of God? Was it because Adam was created perfect and sinless? Well, there's a problem with that because all creation, including angels and other parts of creation, uh, are perfect and sinless. There is no such thing as a sinful tree. There is no such thing as a sinful lion. There, uh, initially, all angels were sinless until one fell, uh, which was Lucifer. But initially, we're all created perfect. A lion can be a perfect lion. A tree can be a perfect tree. But what made man different from all of the rest of creation? What made man unique? that he could be given access to this eternal dimension of rest and be called a son of God? Well, I think the answer is found in Romans chapter 5, verse um, 14. It says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. You see, or, or, or the, the King James Version says, 
uh, made after the likeness of him that was to come. You see, Adam was uniquely created in the image of him who was to come. Who was him that was, was to come? Christ. He was distinctively created in the image of Christ. He was the physical display of the revelation of the invisible God. He, Adam was, was the express image of Christ, who is the express image of God. So when you saw Adam, you were looking at the representation of Christ, who is the, represent, the, 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 the visible uh, 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 reflection of God. It was always meant to be that. So Adam was unique in that when you saw him, you were able to see what God was like. That's why God said he made him, let, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and, and let them have dominion. You see, because Adam's dominion was connected to God's likeness and God's image. So when God created Adam, he was creating this 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 being who would be able to, who would be, be a, a, a living reflection, a living example of how God was. And so when creation or the animals saw Adam walking in the garden, they would begin to, 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 to worship uh, the invisible God because they're getting the chance to see this man that God called son. That's what the sons of God are. They are the ones who are in the earth who reflect and, 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 and display what God is like. That's why the Bible says, as many of the led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So if I follow what the, 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 what the, 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 the sons of God are doing, I should be able to see what God is like because they are the ones being led by the Spirit. So the sons of God are God's example in the earth. And when the sons of God are not right, then that's when you have judgment like what happened with Noah and the ark. Being the express image of God, Adam was, was, a, was a lifeless soul that was housed in a body, but when God breathed into Adam, Adam, the, the, the Spirit of God, when he breathed the Spirit of God into Adam, Adam received the Spirit empowered by the Holy Spirit, and his lifeless soul became a living soul. So now this living soul has connections not only to the earth, but he also has a connection to heaven. And there was no other creation in all of, no other being in all of creation that had a legal right to access things on earth and on heaven. Because it is a physical body that connects us to the earth. The second that we remove our, our physical bodies from the earth, or we, or we cease to live in the physical body, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Why? Because you now no longer have access to the things that are in the earth because you are no longer in earth. But how was Adam able to receive the authority as the sons of God? Revelations chapter 3, 13, verse number, um, Revelation chapter 13, verse 
number eight. How was Adam able, we understand he was the son of God, but how was he able to be given authority? Simply because God said it? Yeah, yes, that, that was part of it. But I believe that there's more. The Bible says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Yes, the word, God released the word and that was part of it, but there had to have been another way so there was another, not have to be, but there, there was another way that God connected Adam to the things, the, the authority to be able to live in the earth as God's ambassadors. Revelation 13, verse number 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have been, who have not been written in the book of the Lamb of the, the life of the Lamb, the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. This is this is a beautiful revelation. Jesus was the express image of God, the possessor of the Spirit of the Son the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. Jesus was literally the expression of God. But if what made him the Son of God was the presence of the Spirit of God, when you say Christ, you're talking about the deity of Jesus. You're talking about the Spirit of Christ. Without the Spirit of Christ, we are not the sons of God. Without the Spirit of Christ, we cannot be the sons of God. So then the so then the angels are spirits, but they don't possess the spirit of the Son. They are ministering spirits, but they don't have the spirit of the Son. Humans, on the other hand, when God breathed into Adam, he deposited the spirit of Christ. But that was based on their it being made available before creation when Christ was slain before the foundations of the earth. Because of the finished works of Christ before the foundations, it was now made possible that God could have sons in the earth. Adam was meant to be a continuation of the sonship of Christ in the earth with the Father. When when Jesus when God created Adam, he created Adam on the basis of Christ being present in him. And based on the spirit of Christ being in Adam, Adam was now going to be able to be called a son of God, as we read in Luke chapter 3. So now, when Adam falls, he is now disconnected from the truth of the sons of God he is no longer, he no longer has the spirit of Christ in him. 
which is what honestly makes him a king as well. We're going to get into that with his understanding the sons, the sons of God. But it was from his life, it, it was from the, 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 the 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 son who was slain it was from his life that that all life found life it was from his sacrifice that adam was given identity jesus was crucified before or was a lamb slain before the foundations of the earth and it was from that Slain that the word was revealed. So all that was in Christ was now revealed. It was it was it was like imagining imagine having a balloon that's full of different all kinds of wonderful a, a, a wonderful scent. Now you tie it up. Now all the scent is inside of this balloon. But if you pop it. What's going to happen? What was once concealed in the in the balloon is now going to spread throughout the room or throughout the house. That's what happened when God revealed when God caused the the the, the word to be open. Everything that was of Him or everything that was contained in Him was now revealed. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him, and, and without him was not anything made that was made. you got to see this. So within the Word was sonship. Within the Word was life. Within the Word was resurrection. Within the Word was truth. Within the Word was was abundance within the word was health was within the word was fellowship and when the word was opened up and the word was, was unveiled all that was contained with him couldn't do anything but spread out and that's how we have our galaxy that's how we have the the all of creation. And so, but God wanted to have somebody on within time, within the earth, who was going to be able to be a carrier, a, a recipient of glory for God. So He needed a Son to glorify, to be, to 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 stand in position to receive glory that all creation would, would begin to bow down and worship. Not worshiping the creature, but the creator. When they saw Adam, they didn't worship Adam. They worshiped the God of Adam. They worshiped Adam's father. So when Adam fell, all of creation was now in disarray because it no longer had a visible illustration or example of who to worship in the earth until thousands of years later when Christ came as the Son of God, and you can see it through his life, how all creation begins to praise God. The, the, the waves obeyed him. The trees 
responded immediately to him. Bodies were healed. Everything began to, to fall into place based on the sons of God being present. This is what it means when it says that all of creation waits with eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. God is looking for sons in the earth who are going to be positioned in his pleasure to bring forth glory unto him. God put you at your job in order that he can receive glory in the earth. He gave you your property, he gave you your position in the body, in, in, in life, in order to influence people, to lead them to the place of understanding that the sons of God are present. It was because of this that when Adam sinned, he lost uh, uh, the privilege of being labeled the sons of God when he sinned, because he, he, creation responds to the sun. When we are no longer sons, when we are no longer the carriers of the spirit of Christ, we, we, Adam lost the ability to be called a son. And he was disconnected from the rest that Christ had, had, had come to, to, to provide in eternity. Now, this opens up another important truth. This is why Christ was crucified on earth. Even though he was the lamb that was slain uh, before the foundations of the world in eternity, the disconnect didn't happen from God's end. The disconnect from man being connected to the eternal rest of God didn't happen based on God's end. It was based on man's end. In eternity, God's part was still connected to the lamb that was slain, and that was connected initially to Adam. But Adam forfeited that connection. Now mankind and everything after Adam was now disconnected. So the, so the eternal purpose of sons in the earth was now disconnected. But so, so man needed a, a way in order to be reconnected. So now man's trying to figure out some new religion. Even the Tower of Babel was man's attempt to, to, to try to reconnect to what we had lost. As crazy as it may sound. But that's what religion does. Religion always tries to figure out a way to be connected to the rest of God. Adam, every day was, meant, was a Sabbath day for Adam because every day was a day of rest. Every day was a day of peace. Every day was a day of fellowship with God because God had ceased from work, so God was resting, so we got to be like Dad and rest with him. When Jesus comes on the scene, instead of being a uh, 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 doing all the work, uh, 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 Mary was at the foot of Jesus while Martha was in the kitchen. If Jesus is resting, we need to be resting. Instead of worrying about what Jesus is doing, uh, uh, sleeping in the bottom of the boat, and the storm is raging on the outside, instead of doing this, Jesus was tapped into the rest that is, watch this, that is 
connected to the sonship being a son of God. The son being a son of God connects us to the rest of God. So the disconnect from the rest happened when Adam stopped being a son of God. So Christ now comes in human form as a man, dies on the cross, completing the separation from God, God's rest, now reconnects man, gives man a connection again back to the eternal Slain of Christ in heaven. So watch this. So now you have Christ in the heavenly slain, and you have Christ on earth slain. So now the connection is made between heaven and earth. So Jesus now has authority in heaven and on earth. He's anchored on. He's anchored in heaven, and he's bolted down to earth by the cross. So now there's a direct link between heaven and earth, and man can't separate that. If, if God is the one who initiated, what can separate us from that kind of love? That God initially wanted to show man or wanted to be connected through man, so he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come down in bodily form as a man and be the man that you need me to be in order to love, in order that you can have access to this eternal rest where you don't have to strive and struggle in order to accomplish what it is that I desire for you to have. We have been reconnected by the finished work of Christ. We have entered into his rest, and it remains. That verse in Hebrews chapter 4 said, it said, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. The rest Remain. We don't have one day out of the week that we have access to this. We have access to this every day. Every day we are in his rest. Every day we have access to his provision, to his blessing, to his joy, to his love, to everything that he's promised us as the sons of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. We're no longer striving and working and toiling and tilling, trying to work our way into the things of God. We have now been given the responsibility to be one who have who tend and who tend and and uh 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 tend and keep the blessing. We've been we've been programmed by religion to, to strive to do this and do that and do this and do that. But Christ was slain before the foundations of the earth to give us access to eternity. When Adam disconnected in earth, that's when time started. Before the fall of Adam, time wasn't a thing. Time didn't start over until Adam sinned. There was no day one over again. There was no eighth day again. Time didn't start 
the top, the, the, the clicker didn't start until, watch this, until Adam fell. But then it started counting backwards. If you look at all the numbers before BC, they're going backwards. They're counting down. They're counting down. They're counting down until you get to zero. And at zero, you find Christ. And now we have access to the eternal presence of Christ and the relationship he had with the Father. We are now one in Christ. We have entered into his rest. And every day is a time of rest for us because we are the sons of God, and God has made us to be his sons. We're going to be talking about the son things a lot. I'm, this is just me, some notes, but we're going to, I'm, i got an entire series we're going to be doing on the sons of God, and it's, it is very powerful. It's very liberating. When you hear this message, I believe it's going to, it's going to revolutionize your, your way of thinking and how you see yourself as a, as a, as a human, and you're going to become more effective. Well, I'm Eric Williams. I really appreciate you guys joining me today. Um, I pray that this was a blessing. Please feel free to leave comments, any questions. Um, I may have been all over the place, but (laughs) praise God. I I thank God for you guys. Once again, I thank you again. This is E2, E2 Radio, we're going to call it. It stands for Equipped and Empowered. Um, But thank you again. I look forward to seeing you guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.